Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Want to relax with curious moments from history? If so, then try the new podcast, Calm History. Each episode is narrated in a calm voice to help you relax or fall asleep. You'll travel back in time to the global history of rubber, Joan of Arc, Henry Ford, the Titanic, Marco Polo, Jackie Robinson, and much more. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to silkpodcasts.com. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Gabrielle Grease of San Paulo, Brazil. Gabrielle will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Rebecca Sebastian, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories. These are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 8, Episode 18, Responsible. Becky, you stupid bitch. Easy. You're the reason we're in this mess. That's what we get for letting freaks hang around with us. Cool it wise ass. I'm sorry. No, I feel sorry for you. What's it like to have a slut for a mother? She's not a slut. The whole school knows she's banging Jordan. <sighs> Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Well, you were my seat partner on the plane, so I had no choice. <laughs> and rounding out our panel is our special guest, from the Dialogue Podcast, it's Rebecca Sebastian. Hello, Yay. Rebecca. Thanks for making room for another Rebecca. Yeah. So just so everybody knows, I'm going to have to call you Lavoy. Okay. And that way Rebecca can be Rebecca. It's going to be hard. <laughs> so Rebecca, do you think SVU is a gateway drug into true crime? Absolutely. Um, and almost more than a gateway drug, I call it the Law & Order Lullaby. It lulls me right to sleep. It's mm. like a sleep aid as well. <laughs> so... I, I don't know if that's dark. My husband's like, how do you fall asleep to SVU? I'm like, it's a great question. I don't know. I don't question it. It works. It just works. It just works. Why not? Because nothing's more relaxing than Well, it's crime a formula. It's, yes. it's, it's the comfort of the formula. So despite the dark content, the twisty crimes, it's like, I know what to expect. That comforts me. It makes me feel safe. Well, Rebecca, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team. Oh, man. Um, 
I mean, it's it's a standard and maybe not exciting answer, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Benson and Stabler. Because oh, good. I thought you were about to say Benson and Amaro. It's like, that is not a standard answer. No, I, 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 I can't quit them. And, and I see them a lot. They film a lot in my neighborhood and I catch real glimpses. Really? So I get sometimes that like that proximity makes me even more excited. How are you on shipping? Like, are they, should they be a couple? Is he too toxic? No. Have you seen her husband in real life? She's, I have. She's fine. She should stay where she is. <laughs> and Rebecca, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite prosecutorial team? Ooh. Favorite law and order district Ooh. attorney prosecutorial team. <laughs> Prosecutor, can I like, is this a Barbaro? A yeah. Barbaro? Barba? Bar- Barber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hosting trivia for two days. My brain is a bit scrambled, but I, I, I really enjoy Andrew Barber. And do I say need a duo? No, that's, <laughs> but who would you say Andrew Barber? Who's that? Who, who am I talking Raphael about? Raphael Barba? Who's Andrew? I don't know who Andrew is. <laughs> It's probably the answer to a question that I had two hours ago. Is he on NCIS or something? (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying Andrew, but in my brain, he's Andrew right now. Well, I guess we'll just come up with a new character, and it'll be Andrew Barber. (laughs) Choose your own adventure and character. Exactly, exactly. All right, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode. SVU Season 8, Episode 18, Responsible. Well, it's a fairy tale opening. A mama and a papa bear come home to find Goldilocks dead in their bed. Mr. and Mrs. Banks tell the police they'd been away on vacation and they have no idea who this dead girl is. Cause of death? Suffocation, like I thought, but she wasn't strangled. Elliot? Hello? I'm sorry. She reminds me of my daughter. (laughs) Hey, well, if she wasn't strangled, how'd she suffocate? Her blood alcohol was 0.40. Drank herself to death. The bank's dog walker never came. Benson and Stabler meet with she's all that before photo, Becca Rice, and her cougar mom, Lillian. Neither Becca nor Jordan, the dumb jock that she's tutoring, know who the dead girl is. But she says she gave the keys to the bank's home to popular girl, Reagan. She, Mark, and Luke threw a party in the empty brownstone. They say Melanie Tampkin crashed the party, drank too much, passed out on the bed, then choked on her own vomit. Nobody called for help because they didn't want to get into trouble. Judge Donnelly won't let Novak charge the kids with murder and sends them home on the condition they don't drink alcohol. So naturally, they drink alcohol. (laughs) And Benson and Stabler bust them. Donnelly lets them go again, and the teens thank her by uploading a video of themselves drinking and shit-talking the judge. The detectives return to Becca's house, where they all discover her mom in bed with Jordan the jock. Oh, like you've never seen this episode. (laughs) So in the morgue, Elliot is all dreamy-eyed because the victim looks like his daughter, Mm. so he's going to really try this time. (laughs) You gotta wonder though, SVU is supposed to be a sex crime, so how do they like tie this together to being an SVU case? Was she raped? I didn't find any signs of physical trauma or sexual activity. What about the semen on the comforter? It's old, probably the homeowners. They should change their sheets more often. (laughs) Yay. Yeah, she was just stuck to the comforter. We had to (laughs) rip her off like Velcro. (laughs) Elliot, don't touch that sock. 
<laughs> I, I just like to be called out like that as officers and I'm sorry, uh, is this your semen, Mr. I, Banks? I, those homeowners were very horny. Did you notice? Oh, I knew they weren't the parents of the teen right away because I'm like, they've been on a weekend away and they still want to have more sex. I'm like, they don't have kids. No, <laughs> <laughs> no way, no day. <laughs> So Benson and Stabler, though, they keep throwing this photograph of the dead girl in people's faces. And, like, nobody blinks. Like, they're not shocked that this dead girl on a gurney, they're showing her uh, the picture. No. No, I have no idea who she is. No. This girl died at that party. Oh, my God. Is she dead? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know her. Next. Prove it. <laughs> Happens all the time, right? Someone just shows you a photo of dead body and you're just like, yeah, no, don't know. I mean, maybe it's just New York. It's like, I'm just waiting for someone to show me a photo of a dead body. <laughs> They're like, do you have something that's like more than just the neck? Do you have, <laughs> have a little shoulder maybe? <laughs> so by the way, fuck these privileged little white kids, mm. right? Yep. They spend half of this episode with the kids drinking and then promising they won't drink and then the cops looking for them and find them drinking. So the party planners are uh, Reagan, Mark, Luke, and Jordan, the buddy who was being tutored by uh, nerdy Brenda. <laughs> Becca. Now, Becca. What does that we mean? We have two Rebeccas and a Becca. Yeah, yeah. They have a Becca. You didn't say Brenda? Did I say it's, Brenda? You said Brenda. Well, I, I said Andrew, so. <laughs> Someone wanted to bring me a cocktail before this. It was like, honest yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Okay, so, um, so, your nerdy Becca, every time they go to find those kids, they go to Becca to find out where they are. She already told you, they don't hang out with her. Nope. Why do you keep going to her house <laughs> saying, have you seen these guys? Like, no, I'm the nerd. <laughs> they wouldn't tell me where the party is. <laughs> it is pretty incredible. They think maybe she looks like a detective. Well, she has glasses, you guys. Yep. She's not invited. <laughs> it's crazy. It's not going to happen. Just not going to happen. <laughs> so one of these times that Stabler comes over to see Becca, now, you got to remember that this is the uh, period where Be uh, Stabler is estranged from Kathy, and they don't get back together until their one more for old time's sake results in her getting pregnant with Eli. Yep. N nothing fix a, it fixes a marriage like an unexpected pregnancy. That's right. So, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> so Lillian, though, she's here, and uh, she's going to shoot her shot. Where's your partner? We don't always do interviews together. You two an item? I noticed you didn't wear a wedding ring. Maybe you should have been a detective. Hmm. May I speak with Becca? So every time... <laughs> every time some suspect tries, tries to get his chocolate and her peanut butter, they got to mention Benson. <laughs> like, I'm just checking to make sure... Doesn't uh, he always look tempted in every single one of these oh, situations? He stays in it. He let that moment linger, and she didn't back away either. They were both in it. For yeah. as long as possible. If it happened any longer, he'd be the one to have to back away. He's like, I'm sorry it has a mind of its own. It's a reflex. I can't control that. It's like, hey, you know, if your wife ever gets blown up in a car bomb, why don't you give me a call? Oh, too soon. Too, too soon. soon. Rebecca, we're talking about fake wives oh, being blown up in fake car bombs. That's true. If that's Fair. still especially heinous for you, then maybe you should leave. <laughs> All right, so let's take a look at our cast. I'm going to actually start with uh, our Hey, It's That Guy. Hey, it's that guy. Can you tell me, uh, who is the actor playing Jordan? Oh, uh, yeah, just for a little while. So did you see this girl there? 
Maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. Do you know who that is? I don't know. That, that, that's Hunter Parrish. Uh, he, Someone out here did. Yeah, all right. You don't win anything. Uh, <laughs> he's had guest roles in Quantico, This Is Us, and he was the lead character in the feminist period series Good Girls Revolt. I don't know how a man is the lead character in that, but all right. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds actually. about right, but you'll probably remember him from Showtime's Weeds. He plays the oldest son of drug-dealing housewife Mary Louise Parker. Oh. Was that our cheer or is that something next door? That, oh, he's only like weeds. Okay, we've got some weeds fans in the, in the crowd. He says that he cries at the end of every book. Every book? <laughs> Pet Cemetery? You're like, oh. <laughs> By the way, he was, um, uh, his first job in, uh, in, in commercials was he was a kid for Ballpark Franks. Oh, wholesome. Ted, yeah, Ted Cruz lost his shit when he saw a little kid put a wiener in his mouth. <laughs> By the way, fuck Ted Cruz. All right. Okay, let's take a, a look here. We have a, hey, it's that girl. Hey, it's that girl. Can you tell us who's playing mom I'd like to have biblical relations with, Lillian Rice? Yes. Who is it? That's Laura Layton yes. from Melrose Place. Yeah. I wasted 10 good years on Wally before I found out he was stooping his secretary. Yeah, stooping, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she played Sydney on Melrose Place and Ashley in Pretty Little Liars. She's married to Doug Savant, who played Felicity Huffman's wife, a uh, husband. Yeah, he played the husband. She was the wife on Desperate Housewives. Huh. Anyone a Desperate Housewives fan? I'm a fan of Desperate Housewives, lowercase d, lowercase h. I prefer real ones. That's <laughs> true. Hey, speaking of convicted felons, and I was referring to Felicity Huffman. Uh, oh, like you're friends with her. Kiss my ass. <laughs> uh, before she hit it big, Laura had a, was a bartender at, and this name for true crime fans, you'll remember it, at the Mezzaluna restaurant in oh, Brentwood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a that's an important restaurant. It is. She was there when Ron Goldman was a waiter. Yeah. And, and sunglasses were not her thing. And what? Yeah. And what? No, that's that's a that's a trivia question. That's uh, where did Nicole Brown Simpson leave her glasses? At what restaurant in Brentwood? It's it's La Mezzaluna. Full yeah. Circle. And not at the bar. That would be a whole different story. Like, aren't you from yeah. Melrose Place? Mm. How about the daughter, Becca? Do you know who, uh, who that is? I, I heard Luke Young talking about having some people over. His parents are in Aspen. She's a little. She's a little, yeah. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Who? I, I don't. She's giving very Rory to me from Gilmore Girls, but who is no, she? No, it's uh, April from Grey's Anatomy, Sarah Drew. That's Sarah Drew, Aww. yeah. Dr. April Kepner on Grey's Anatomy. In case you don't know, look at this side by side. Oh, all grown up. She's such yeah. a baby. So, Just a baby, yeah. right? She plays a, a high school uh, student in this episode. How old do you think she is? Um, 27. Oh, my God. In the episode. And she's 27, yeah. Look at this um, uh, this side-by-side of her and the mom. 11 years difference. Oh, my oh. God. She's not a regular mom. <laughs> she is cool. <laughs> she's a cool mom. Do you recognize the actress playing uh, Regan? Yeah, that's the blonde, right? Yeah, yeah, it was my party, but I didn't know all the kids there. Word gets around. Kids invite their friends. They invite their friends, you know. You see who she came with? No. All I saw was her guzzling a bottle of schnapps. <laughs> you know I know her. 
Yeah. All right. All my children. That's Levin Rambin, who played Uh, Ava, no, Lily Montgomery, and her twin Ava. And her evil twin sister, (laughs) Ava. Yes. I could see it. (laughs) She was also in my favorite ever bad movie, The Hunger Games. Yeah? Yeah, I believe she was. She was? Yeah. The crowd source dancer is yes. (laughs) It was. She had a marriage and then an annulment from actor. Jim Patrick, that was the guy who played Hoyt Foytenberry in True Blood. Huh. When you get, I mean, a celebrity divorce, yeah, a celebrity annulment, that's some serious shit. <laughs> You're like, that never happened. I, it was a dream. So I have a fun fact for you about yeah. Lily Montgomery, the character she played. That, I don't want it, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> that character was also played by Michelle Trachtenberg from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and by Misha Barton from The O.C. Whoa. Hey, that's great. <laughs> Uh, so, look, every performer needs a cause. Hers is cleaning up litter in Houston. Oh. It's not sexy, but it has to be done, people. Like cat litter? No. <laughs> cat litter. Uh, we have some repeat offenders. Repeat offender. So, returning to this episode is Judith Light, back again as Judge Elizabeth Donnelly. I am not going to ruin the futures of four promising young students by throwing them in with gangbangers and kitty murderers. The punishment needs to fit the crime. And so is Peter Herman, a.k.a. Mr. Mariska Hargitay, as attorney Trevor Langan. The client is not a flight risk. She is the mother of a teenage daughter who attends Hanover Day School. So, let's move on to the actor who is playing Mark, but that's listed as Matt on IMDb. Good job, intern, Aww. that uh, had to fill that out. Everyone was scared of getting in trouble. They just wanted to clean up and get out of there. Uh, that's Rob Mays. He plays sexy brother Mark on ABC's Mistresses. They're knockoff to uh, Desperate Housewives. And he is the sexy Seuss Derek in the Jennifer Love Hewitt show, The Client List. Mm. Uh, wow. he, he was in the fantasy comedy movie, John Dies at the End. Oh, Yes, he played John. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. But... <laughs> anyway, did you uh, recognize the actor playing Kevin Banks? That's the guy who came home and found the dead girl. Nope. We can try those new positions. Mm-hmm. More king size bed. Mm. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's someone on my stain. Um, <laughs> that's. That's Joe Ricci, three Law and Order appearances. He got his start, as so many great thespians do, on the ABC After School special. Uh, he played Carmine Perucci, the wisecracking high school student who won't give the earnest substitute teacher a break in class act, a teacher story. <laughs> the Christian Science Monitor says, quote, it rises above classroom cliches. Oh. I did not know that the Christian Science Monitor had a daytime television critic. <laughs> By the way, this feels like an ABC After School special. This it does. one does. This whole episode. This whole episode. Lastly, do you recognize the court clerk? People versus Reagan Michaels, Mark Schroffel, and Luke Young. Charges are criminally negligent homicide and criminal trespass three. I went by fast. No. That's Erica Bradshaw. 20 Law and Order appearances in wow. 2006. Erica. And her partner sued the state of New Jersey and won, making gay marriage legal for the state of New Jersey. Whoa, Erica. And then she got to also experience gay divorce. (laughs) So 
You've, you wanted equality. It comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. <laughs> you know how things are really desperate for Stabler when he's relying on, uh, for the investigation, he's relying on Kathleen. Yeah, no shit. So quick recap, Kathleen is their second oldest child. She's the troubled one, busted for drunk driving, breaking into someone's house, getting arrested, wanting to go to Hudson. We are Hudson, where the bad guys go to school. Uh, she overdosed. Later on, they'll find that all of this time she had an undiagnosed case of bipolar. So thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> so she does two things. First, she tries to prove to Elliot just how easy it is for a teen to get alcohol. Excuse me. How can I help you? I'll take whatever's light on tap. How about you? Uh, she's going to have an iced tea, and I'm fine. Iced tea. All right, first off, bullshit, it would be a white claw. (laughs) (laughs) Sign of the times. Yeah, but talk about a power move. Hey, Dad, just watch this. Yeah, the audacity. Yeah, I'm getting a PBR, and you can't stop me. Remember when Henry did that when he was 15 and we were on vacation? It's the confidence. That's all you really need is I was confidence. so gobsmacked. I was like, I didn't say anything, and then he did it the rest of the trip because he knew the lady saw me him do it once, and what was I going to do then? Yeah, no, <laughs> they get, they get the, the audacity is real, and they, they plant it when you're not expecting it. Like when we decided our college-age daughter could join us, my husband with some wine and she said, I don't care for Rosé. And we were like, you Rosé? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Also next that she tells him that all the youngins are putting all, they're putting out all their information on this new thing, social media. And they go straight to everyone's favorite fake website, Face Union. We post stuff here we'd never talk about anywhere else. No one monitors these accounts, huh? Sometimes schools do to make sure no one's coming to school with a shotgun. Pull up Reagan's blog, honey, please. Sure. The rents got me on a tight leash after court today. That means parents. I know what rents means. He knows what rents means because it's an elite squad. (laughs) 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 So they're like, but it's on her webpage. Yes, I wrote that down. They wanted to be specific and say, it's not there. It's on their webpages. Pull up her blog. Her blog, yes. So Judge Donnelly said that she wasn't going to throw in jail these promising young students, Uh, translation white. Yep. She instead sends them to an alcohol awareness class, and they promise to stay sober. And then cyber sleuth Kathleen Stabler finds this and forwards it to everyone. She just posted on Reagan's webpage. My daughter spotted it. So this might be the first in a long line of people who get in trouble for posting their stupid shit online. Yep. (laughs) And they were not the last. No. I like, first of all, the the gall, uh, the suspenders. I really enjoyed. You notice Reagan suspenders. But also up your butt. (laughs) The whole thing, I, I think, you know, I know we don't watch Law and Order for its subtlety, 
But the over the over doneness of the whole scene of the giving it to the judge on camera. I mean, maybe they didn't know me. It was before viral times, but still, it felt a little. It felt a little extra to me. Benson and State. By the way, you notice they also have to again throw in the thing about. Do you think that Detective Gabler is banging his partner? <laughs> right. Such a prude. It's like, why do you kids care? <laughs> That's for us. That's for us. This is our, that's our thing. (laughs) That's right. Benson and Stabler are looking for Jordan. So again, thinking that Becca is tutoring him or Becca will know where the hell he is. Uh, They go to her house and instead they find that uh, he's being tutored by her mom. What are you doing? Don't come in here. She's my mom. She's hot. (laughs) She's hot. (laughs) Your Honor, clearly she's hot. Must acquit. <laughs> you know what really help? What walls in that apartment? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the downside of loft living. Yeah. <laughs> right? Not like family friendly. Uh. You just walk in, and mom's bed is right there. Yeah, stains and all. Yeah. <laughs> so she's now tutoring him in math. It's like how many times does seventeen go into forty-two? Oh. Um, He'll be here all night. Yeah, (laughs) I got to imagine sex with a drunk seventeen-year-old must be amazing. (laughs) Be like trying to push a rope through a buttonhole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you didn't pay anything to get in here, so you know. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Well, cuckoo, cuckoo, Mrs. Rice. The sex police bring in Lillian and Jordan to discuss this improper romance. You're sleeping with a teenage boy. Jordan's a man. He's 17. It's not a crime. Oh, it ought to be. You're old enough to be his mother. Barely. When I was his age, I was pregnant with Becca. So you're reliving your lost childhood. Is that it? You don't get it. When was the last time a man your age asked you out? Oh, we're not talking about me. I'm not the one who's sleeping with the teenager. It's been a while since you had a date, hasn't it? The partner of yours is cute, but I bet he likes him younger. Oh. Novak says that Jordan was too drunk to consent to the sex, so Lillian is charged with rape. Reagan, Mark, Luke, and Jordan are held in contempt of court and made to again pinky swear that they won't drink. So to keep out of jail, Jordan tells the cops that it was Lillian who bought the booze that killed Melanie. But hours later, Jordan and Reagan are killed in a drunk driving crash, so, so much for their witness. After a, like, a total bummer of a memorial service, 
Luke tells Liv and Elliot that Becca has a huge drinking problem, but she's much better at hiding it. The detectives bring a social worker to the Rices' home and find Becca's lemonade is one part lemons and 12 parts vodka. (gasps) So she's taken to rehab, and Lillian is charged with supplying her stoli. Once she sobers up, Becca agrees to testify that her mom provided her with the alcohol. But the defense whips out Becca's fake ID and a big online wine purchase to show that she can buy her booze on her own. But with her case tanking, Novak calls Warner and her giant color-coded charts to the stand. It shows just how much damage Becca has done to her brain and liver. Racked with guilt, Lillian admits that she supplied the alcohol to Becca as well to Jordan before his accident and for the party where Melanie died. Later, realizing he also needs to be a more responsible parent, Stabler burns Kathleen's driver's license like a fucking psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we can't forget about Finn and Munch in this episode. In addition to busting Lillian for statutory rape, they round up all of those teens, and they are ready to give them plenty of shit. You start a bonfire with all the alcohol this one drank. What's your poison, honey? Shut up, you dirty old man. <laughs> what are you calling old? You can't keep us in here. I'm sure your daddy will bail your ass out. I called him two hours ago. Looks like daddy thinks he could use a night in jail. You finish processing the princess, and I'll take them all down to central booking. You can't do this. I want my parents. Yeah, and I want the troops home, the Kyoto Protocol signed, and a Tijuana oil job for Miss February. A Tijuana what? For Miss who? Miss February. February. Yeah, anyone know what a Tijuana oil job, oil job is? Okay, I'm going to say it. Don't be shy. What is it? it? It's uh, oral sex with salsa as a lubricant. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't, who can? I, who's that worse for? I don't really know. <laughs> if it's spicy, ow, ow. <laughs> you have a little cut, ow. <laughs> yeah, by the way. That, you have a, you have a Did, thought? Further thought? I just want to know if you knew that or if you looked it up. <laughs> I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I had to look it up, of course. Yeah. Uh, of course. Of course. I don't know. This is an elite squad, so why are they arresting teens for drinking at a party? Well, yeah, that's no not sex it. crime that occurred. Yeah. Just, just a girl died on some jizz-covered sheets. I think it's because he's, in fact, a dirty old man. Oh, that's... that's <laughs> <laughs> Come here, princess. That was the truest moment. That is actually something a kid in Manhattan would say <laughs> to a detective. Uh-huh. Uh, so to get Lillian, they need someone to say that it was her that bought the booze. And so they squeeze Jordan because he's got, like, a prior record. And he's got Stabler's number. Lillian bought the booze the night Melanie died. Satisfied? Yeah. You suck. <laughs> how, many, how many people think Stabler sucks? Yeah, not a bad. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Take those, uh, take that partners for life. <laughs> so Jordan and Reagan die in this drunk driving accident. So they hold a memorial service at their preppy school. So first, the girl speaks. Reagan was really pretty. Kids used to say that we looked alike. I really like that. It's so sad. I'm going to miss her so much. 
Okay, all those kids were fucking with you. You do not look like the prettiest girl in school. <laughs> you have blonde hair and you go to the Aryan Academy. That is it. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to miss her so much. It's like, she wouldn't miss you. <laughs> She's probably really embarrassed. You're the one that they got to speak. <laughs> She's like, Leanne? Oh, fuck me. Uh, now she has to move up, though, in the strata of <laughs> like, blonde. Yeah, this this right? was a strategic speech. Yeah, like the yeah. attrition <laughs> when the pretty girls die, right? She's like, who's going to check me? I'm going to say this at this memorial. Who's going to challenge it? I come to bury Caesar, not Wait, to praise him. Wait, were they playing yeah. organ music at a memorial at the school? Yeah, while she's talking. She's <laughs> like, I'm going to give you some musical accompaniment, all right? We'll have dueling pianos later. It'll be something. Uh, so secondly, and I love this one, they bring Matt slash Mark up, and he gets to talk about uh, Jordan. Jordan was like a brother to me. Can't believe I'll never play lacrosse with them again. <laughs> Team will never take state now. Oh, we'll never take state now. <laughs> because we had a perpetually drunk goalie. <laughs> Just love the drama of that. Oh, I can't believe it. Of course it's lacrosse. It could only be lacrosse. It could be lacrosse. Like, only white hats are the only thing missing in, in the scene. White baseball caps. You know what I'd say? I've always, I've always seen like one guy walking with a lacrosse stick. You know what I've never seen? Two guys walking with a lacrosse stick. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna. So. so at trial, it's really not going good for Casey. Remember, this is a homicide prosecutor tr- trying to prove to a jury that a mother bought alcohol for her daughter at taxpayer expense. So Becca is the star witness, but the defense shows that she's got this fake ID and buys plenty of her own booze. So to rehabilitate their witness the next day, Casey brings in Warner and her color-coded charts. The scan on the left is of Becca's liver. The blue areas show cirrhotic activity. Meaning what, doctor? She has the liver function of a 40-year-old man. So she shaved years off her lifespan. Quite possibly. If she doesn't stop drinking now, she could need a liver transplant by the time she's 20. Dr. Warner, what about Becca's brain? (laughs) The orange areas on the scans show where Becca's brain has atrophied. Neurological tests show memory loss and impaired cognitive functions. Where did she get those scans? <laughs> Don't you have to be dead to get that? Like, and it's like a preschool version. It's like bright color art. And I'm trying to think of which is more mortifying: my brain and supersize being examined by her, or my my dirty sheets from before. Like, she's do not so color code that chart. All right, you guys. It was you guys, here and down here. Yeah. You guys missed a glaring detail. What was that? A forty-year-old. Man. Man's brain, <laughs> man's liver. What? What is this? Why a man? Like, why is a man's old ass liver? It, it's a it's a gender fluid liver. <laughs> also, it don't be like so heteronormative. Owl, I, I was like, the owl did it. Like, it totally looked like that. Oh. Owl got her in the head. But, you know, Kinko's can't make those charts overnight like no. that. Where did you just come in like, oh. It's like, it's like that Capitol office when they, like, they go on, they, they want to show a demonstration in front of the Senate colleagues, and they're like... <laughs> little page brings up. The price of gas. <laughs> and it did say abnormal, right? Abby it said no- Becca Rice's abnormal brain, like, super size. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It Thank was you for that, for my whole school judgy. to see. Super judgy, super <laughs> judgy. Remember, they say that the drinking has left her with brain damage, but she's the math tutor. Mm-hmm. In Spanish, I mean, how much could there be? Or is Jordan just that bad at math? (laughs) (laughs) She's very high functioning. (laughs) High functioning, high functioning. 
So at the close of the episode, weekend dad Elliot Stabler has dinner with Kathleen. By the way, Elliot, you've got four and a half other children. You can't just keep taking just Kathleen places, right? (laughs) Now, earlier in the show, Donnelly threw it back at Stabler that when Kathy got arrested for drunk driving two seasons ago, that he used his badge to get her out of trouble. So in this restaurant, they're having dinner, and he asks her for her wallet, and then he does this. You're going to punish me now? Kathleen, I'm sorry. But unfortunately, there's not a statute of limitations on being a bad parent. What is he thinking? (laughs) Now he's got to take her everywhere. (laughs) That's the goal, parents, right? You get them to 16 and then you don't have to cart them around. Amen. (laughs) Not to mention the DMV. In New York City, they have to contend with that now to get a new one at some point. Like, this was irresponsible. It's like you're punishing yourself. Absolutely. It's so funny that he thinks that's the thing that's making him a better parent. <laughs> Retroactively. <laughs> what does that prove? It's like, writers, are you watching the show that you are making? <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to burn a possession of your kids in front of their face for a retroactive punishment. It's supposed to, like, subtly seethe and come out, like, in passive-aggressive ways over time. That's it's right. not, like, one big moment, that's you know? Right. It's, there's a different way to there's do no it. There's no grand gesture like that. No. 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 How bad do you think that melting plastic smells? <laughs> Your next thing hazardous. Yeah, you're like, why? Why do that? That's worse than proposing to someone in a restaurant. You know, like how intrusive that is at the next table. Yeah, or, or coming up like with an acoustic guitar and going <laughs> table to table. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait! You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. All right, let's take a look at the real life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the headlines. Wow. Some plot points for this episode come from the Rip from the Headlines case of Deborah Lefebvre. In 2004, the 24-year-old Lefebvre was a middle school English teacher. Before summer vacation, she drove one of her 14-year-old students over 100 miles to visit his cousin. His aunt was alarmed to find the boy in the company of an older woman. He confessed to his mother he was in love with his teacher and they'd had sex three times, including in the back of the car while his cousin drove. Prosecutors wanted her to serve five to 15 years for lascivious battery. But when the victim learned court TV would cover the trial and wouldn't protect his identity, he refused to testify. Lefebvre pleaded guilty but didn't want to serve jail time. Her attorney told the judge an attractive woman like Lefebvre would get eaten up in the penitentiary. 
The press said he argued she was too pretty for prison. Instead of jail time, Lefebvre was given three years house arrest and seven years probation. She had to surrender her teaching licence. Today, Deborah Lefebvre lives outside of Tampa with her 11-year-old twins. So, Seifreder said that some plot points came from the story of Deborah Lefebvre. I'll admit that no plot points seem to come <laughs> from the story. But we're here in Columbus, and it's too late to do another cartoon, so we're going to roll with it. And okay. <laughs> there is a parallel, though, in the concept of a grown woman having sex with a minor. And now there are plenty of stories like that with teachers, Pam Smart, Mary Kay Letourneau, uh, Pamela Joan Rogers, Jennifer Christine Fitcher, just filling a thing here. Her ex-husband said, if Deborah had had an affair with a man who was richer than me or more successful, I could understand that. But this was a boy. What could he offer that I couldn't? I think this is his own way of saying, why would she do this? What do you think, Rebecca? Oh, I think the answer to that question c- could be damaging to his feelings, if she was honest. <laughs> <laughs> what could he give? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the energy of a, of a teenage boy, I mean... I don't think I should finish that, that statement, but I guess I'm just saying if he, sh- if sh- he really wanted the answer, I don't think he was prepared for it. Lavoy? Um, well, it sounds like she's a bit of a predator. Um, mm. But also, um, she probably was enjoying the, you know, they call it the girlfriend experience, probably was enjoying a bit, of, a bit of the boyfriend experience, right? Like yeah. The, the whole, emphasis like, on boy? Yes, the whole like being worshipped thing that probably comes with that is yeah. probably a big part of it. I mean, I think that if you look at the profile or the commonalities, a lot of times that these women were victims of sexual abuse themselves when they were younger. So they are familiar with that age dynamic as far as the power in that. They will always be the more powerful one. They'll have the money. They'll be the one that mm-hmm. decides whether we stay in or go out, when are we going to have sex. Also, that if, if in this case, if they can make it in their head a romantic thing, then the abuse that they had like it rewrites the narrative for them. No, this wasn't abusive. It was it was romantic, like we're having right now. It's very complicated. It's not just Mrs. Robinson. Are you George Wong all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> this is incredible. Bring it Wong. <laughs> like you really researched the shit out of that. This is an amateur hour, right? <laughs> Pro- profile. We're here in Columbus. You know, I had to bring my A game. <laughs> So no matter what Sting says, right, a female student would not likely welcome an intimate touch from a male teacher. But for sexually inexperienced boys, this is often a fantasy, right? There was a controversial academic study that found while there are fewer long-term negative effects for boys in this situation for girls, can we separate what might be wrong from what might be harmful, no, it still sucks. Sure. Well, isn't it also still statutory rape? It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, and it still sucks. Just because it's not, I mean, I, it is harmful. It just is. I mean, I, I think that long-term effects, I mean, you have to keep, keep in mind, too, like, men just don't go to therapy as much as they should. Yeah. So that's why there aren't as many measurable long-term effects, because they're not just going to get fucking help for it. Yeah, Sorry, the, babe. No. You guys just, you just yeah. don't do it the way And the realization might come a lot later for yeah. a young man than it would potentially sure. a young woman who is more conditioned and trained to know what is ostensibly on the surface wrong in terms of that dynamic. So that's tough. Right. As a teenager, Deborah Jean Williams dated Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. Yikes. But she obviously did not want it that way. 
<laughs> you like that one? Okay. <laughs> so in pleading for leniency for his client, Deborah's attorney said, quote, to place an attractive young woman like that in that kind of hellhole is like putting a piece of raw meat in with the lions. Jesus. So do we need to save our pretty white women from jail? Is that what you oh, said? Oh, definitely. But, sure. But what is the pretty white women? Are we only getting the stories reported to us that feature women predators that are pretty and white? Because it does yeah. feel like that is a pattern, whereas we, the, the men we see are a wide, wide variety of, of, of looks and statures, and they, they cross lines in all ways. But we are consistently seeing women that fit a physical type. Yep. It's like the, it's like, it's like the feeding of the fantasy narrative, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it really impacts, I think, the narrative of how people perceive it, too, in yeah. terms of its criminality. It's gross. She's pretty and nice, and so she should be punished less. She should be treated differently because she dresses up nice and she's clean cut and, you know, all that other stuff. Or that's how it is in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, people want to, like, burn alive those pretty women or they want to, like, sanctify them and make them, like, make no mistakes at all. Yeah. One or the other. One or the other. It's yeah, really it's hard like, to be too pretty for prison. <laughs> can't win. You can't win, no. They said, I'm the prettiest one. I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to miss her. Uh, Deborah finally sat down to tell her side of the story on network television. She was interviewed by Matt Lauer. Oh, yay, oh. yay. Uh, she said, you know, at first I felt like a, a piece of shit, but after meeting you, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Rebecca Sebastian. <laughs> Rebecca, thank you for having me. Thank you. Where can our listeners follow you online? You can follow me on Instagram at Dialogue Presents. I also have a real housewife show called At Criminality Show. Just go to RebeccaSebastian.com for all the shows. And Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? Oh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Reb Lavoie. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law & Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cartoon Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy, Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These are their stories as recorded in front of a live audience in Columbus, Ohio. And is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Thank you. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.